0: What's going on, everybody? It's Nerby from CerealAndGraveJuice.com. I am Nerby on Twitter. I am Nerby on Instagram. I'm also Nerby at Bridge Clubs Everywhere. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Degrassi, buddy. This is epi- this is episode eight, and today we will be recapping and discussing uh, Degrassi Junior High Season 2, Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Three great episodes with a lot of comedy, a lot of seriousness, and a lot of Degrassi. So let's just get to it with episode four of season two, entitled "Dinner and a Show," air date January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight. We start with Shane walking home from school, and he hears he hears his father on his phone talking to on the phone talking to his brother, and he overhears his father telling his uh, his other son that they are sending Shane away to private school, and he says it was such a mess getting that girl pregnant, and his mother's heartbroken. And she can't face her bridge club. (laughs) And then we get the classic intro. (laughs) We cut to school. The next day, we're outside of the school. Kathleen and Melanie are hanging outside. Kathleen remarks to Melanie how pregnancy is so easy for the boy. Because he doesn't have to do anything. It's the girl who gets all fat and all that stuff. And when Shane walks by, Kathleen says, Hi, Daddy. Melanie says, that wasn't very nice of her. Hey, man, that Kathleen. If it weren't for Melanie's awesomeness, I would completely hate Kathleen's guts. <laughs> we see Spike, who's being driven to school by her mom, and Spike talks about how weird it feels in her belly, like she feels like she's got butterflies, and her mother assures her that it's all normal, everything's fine. We go to the hallway in, in the school, and Yick asks Melanie out to see a movie. He wants to see Revenge of the Reptiles! But Melanie's not interested in the Revenge of the Reptiles, and she she, she suggests what about crying in the wind? <laughs> Yik agrees to it, and uh, he's happy. Uh, they they walk away from each other, but Melanie sees the date as she, it's just one with a friend, and she she refers to Yik as a boy, and she says that she's ready for a man. Just as Snake and the other Zit Remedy members walk by, Joey tells Snake that Melanie likes him, and Snake says, "Really? You think so?" He's all giddy. He's loving it. Joey says that Snake is irresistible to chicks. Little chicks, that is. <laughs> Snake thinks about asking Melanie out, but Joey and Wheels pick on him about it because she's a grade 7. And then we see Liz show up. Joey awkwardly says hi to her, but she just ignores him because of the little uh, incident they had at Liz's house a couple episodes ago. Shane tells Spike that his parents want to meet with him, with uh, Will Spike and her mother. Spike says meeting won't change anything but she agrees to ask her mom anyway. In class, Yick tells Arthur that Melanie agreed to a movie date. Arthur pokes a little fun at him for, and he uh, he tells Arthur that they're gonna go see, uh, what was that movie, uh, Crying in the Wind. Arthur pokes a little fun at Yick for agreeing to see a romance movie. But yeah, you, you know when you're young, and you wanna go out on a date, whether you're a male or female, you'll agree to just about anything. <laughs> Snake is waiting by the water fountain, and he awkwardly asks Melanie to go to the movies. He, says, he suggests seeing Revenge of the Reptiles, and she agrees. You know, after saying, telling Yick no, let's go see this love movie. Snake suggests that they see it the same night as Melanie is supposed to go out with Yick. Melanie realizes this, but she still agrees anyway to go out with Snake, because she digs, she digs Snake, whereas Yick is uh, just a boy. Melanie then calls Yick at home and tells him that she can't go because her parents said no. Kathleen thinks it's unfair because Yik asked first. Melanie says it's just a little white lie and that he do- what, doesn't- what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Yeah, exactly. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. Spike uh, shows up at her mother's salon and uh, her mother informs Spike that she got a call from Shane's dad and that she has agreed to meet with Shane and his parents at a restaurant. Spike isn't happy about this, and she says that she can't go, but she's going to hang out with Liz. But her mom basically says that's just too damn bad. Yeah, it is. You know, you you got something in the oven, yo. We're going to talk about it. <sighs> her mom says that Shane's dad uh, told her that uh, she's invited them to out before to talk, but she, uh, uh, she never knew about it, and Spike says that she, knows, she knew nothing about it either. Shane tells his dad that he doesn't want to go to private school and his dad reminds him that his brothers went there Shane says that I'm not like them his father says that well maybe it's time you started trying to be Shane says that he wants to be there to help the baby his dad didn't like this and he says that when the baby's born uh, it's gonna be going up for adoption ah <laughs> oh, 80s parents <laughs> after class Kathleen tells Melanie that she should be worried about revenge of the reptiles because she heard it's really scary and Melanie says that the movie doesn't matter and what if Shane tries to kiss me? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Melanie's awesome. <laughs> and she says, "He'll be mad if I don't let him, but he'll think I'm easy if I do." But I sure hope he does. <laughs> oh, she's great. Yick then shows up looking all down. You got to you got to pity the kid, man. Poor Yick. He tells Melanie to have a nice weekend. Melanie says, "Same, to, you know, same to him." Arthur then suggests that uh, he and Yick go see re- Revenge of the Reptiles instead of Yick going with Melanie. Well, Melanie doesn't want to see it, and Yick agrees. Meanwhile, Joey and Wheels are still ripping on Snake for cradle-robbing, and Snake suggests that they're just jealous because he has a date and they don't. He smirks at them and leaves, and then Joey and Wheels, well, at first, Joey says that they're, gonna, they're just going to go play video games. And after Snake leaves, Wheel says that all, that's all we do is play video games, let's do something else. And then they both come to realization that they're both going to go see Revenge of the Reptiles at the same theater as, as Snake and Melanie. Oh, that's not cool, man. Walking home from uh, school, Shane uh, asks Spike if she ever thought about keeping the baby. Spike says that she's not a kid, and she's not somebody's mother, and she takes a sip from a juice box. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Spike is awesome. <laughs> Shane tells her that she shouldn't drink that stuff because it's bad for the baby, and Spike tells him to mind his own business. S- uh, Sna- Shane says that it's his baby too, and Spike tells him that it's so easy for boys because they don't have to be responsible. At her mom's salon, Spike confesses to her mom that she knew about the previous invites with Shane's parents, but she didn't want to tell her because she was scared and she doesn't want to meet them. Spike's mom assures her that everything will be okay. And that they're and she that they're gonna order separate uh, checks. That she's not gonna accept anything from Shane's dad. Yay! Snake and Melanie buy their tickets outside the theater at the box office. As Wheels and Joey are off to the side watching and waiting. And then they, they they then buy their tickets in the theater. Snake asks Melanie where she wants to sit, and Melanie says that she likes the back. And Snake says that he likes the front. Well, then why did you ask, man? Why why bother asking, Snake? <laughs> Why don't you just make a suggestion instead of asking her? Bloody hell. Melanie says she likes the front, too. <laughs> and this movie theater has got a really weird setup, man. There's like no no doors. A typical movie theater, at least back in the day, had doors that would block light and noise from the the foyer. But this movie theater didn't. There's no, there's no doors in the back, there's just like a couple of small walls, and you can see the snack bar outside of those doors, and everybody there, let like, alright. <laughs> so, I don't know if this was a real movie theater, but it was the 80s, so the 80s were crazy, the way they built shit. <sighs> Wheels and Joey quietly sneak into the theater, well, they, they already paid, but they sneak into that theater, they don't want to bring attention to themselves yet, and they're wearing sunglasses. And they quietly walk in, and they sit right behind Snake and Melanie. They pull out a toy Godzilla, and they make weak, weak little roaring, noise, roaring noises behind Snake and Melanie, and reveal themselves, uh, much to the chagrin of Snake and Melanie. We cut to the restaurant, where Shane and his parents are meeting with Spike and her mom. Shane's dad is wearing one of those collar things that uh, ministers wear, so revealing that he's actually a minister. Which I don't think they revealed in earlier episodes. I don't remember it anyway. And uh, Shane's dad introduces himself. himself, And he says, And you must be Spike. To which Chris- Spike's mom replies that her name is Christine. That's right. Christine Nelson is the character's name. But I prefer Spike. And also in this episode, it seems that is when Spike's... She still had the spiky hair, but a different style. A more, 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 more spiky look. That... Uh, we all came to know from Degrassi uh, Junior High. <sighs> Everyone sits down and orders, and uh, Spike's mom orders a drink. She tells the waiter to put their orders on a separate bill, and Spike's mom is looking cute and hot, man, for real. Damn, gorgeous woman. Shane's dad starts by saying that as a minister, he's had experience in matters like these, and he knows things aren't going to be easy. Back at the theater, Joy and Wheels are continuing, are continuing to. Get on, just rip on Snake and uh, Melanie and they're mock they're making kissing noises behind them. Snake tells them to stop and Joey says that they're just practicing in case they get dates someday. Melanie turns and laughs mockingly at them and that's when she notices Yick and Arthur showing up. (laughs) Melanie tries to hide her face as she looks over to the side and kind of ducks and she tells Snake that she dropped something. Yik and Arthur decide to sit in the same row as Melanie and Snake, <laughs> and that's when Yik sees uh, Snake and says, "Hey, Snake!" He looks over and he notices Melanie. Melanie says hi back to Yik, and it's real awkward. The movie starts. Yik is just glaring at Melanie, and then he gets up and he leaves. We go back to the restaurant, and Shane's dad said that he says that he can recommend a good home for Spike, where she can stay until afterwards. <laughs> Come on, man. Spike's mom says that she won't be sending Spike away as if she's committed a crime or something. And seriously, man, Spike's mom is so damn hot, man. So hot. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Shane's dad uh, says that he's happy that Shane has agreed to go away to private school. Shane says that he never agreed to that and that the only reason they want to send him to private school is because he embarrasses them and so that mom can go play bridge again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Shane wants to prove that they'll be That they'll be proud of him And insists that he keep the baby And it's just awkward silence after that <laughs> Come on Shane <laughs> The next day at school Kathleen asks Melanie how the date went Melanie's, And uh, Melanie basically says it was a disaster And then none of her dates go well That's when Yick shows up Melanie sees Yick. She says hi to him And he just stops, looks at her doesn't say a word and leaves good for you Yik. we go to shane who apologizes for spike about the dinner party shane says that his parents aren't bugging him about the private school so and no not that much anymore and he says that he has to get counseling and he says that it's not as easy being the guy as people think spike nods and then we get the end credits. so a great episode man but it's not cool Tell us right now, man. It's not cool, Snake uh, Joey and Wheels showing up, man, at that date. I mean, as if things weren't gonna be bad enough with Yick and Arthur showing up. <laughs> oh, but Melanie's still awesome. Melanie and Kathleen, as I said, man. If it weren't for Me- Melanie, offsets Kathleen. Okay, Kathleen is just an annoying little gossipy little bitch. But together with Melanie, they're 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 just a dynamic duo. They're great together. But Kathleen. Melanie needs to keep Kathleen in check, as far as I'm concerned. As we move on to the next episode of season two, Degrassi Junior High, this is episode five, Stage Fright, air date February 1st, 1988. Caitlin is in a doctor's office with electrodes all hooked up to her head, and the doctor's telling her to breathe in and out because Caitlin's got epilepsy. And I remember hearing that uh, the actress who plays Caitlin, Stacy Mistison, she actually does have epilepsy, and that's why, as far as I'm concerned, she was, she was so good in this episode. Especially, well, as we're going to see coming up, when Caitlyn has a seizure. So, she, if it, I don't know if it makes me sound like a dick, but she, she was going by experience. So, we'll get there, yeah. And that's when we get the intro. On the way to school, Caitlyn tells her mom that she wants to try out for the school play... But her mom wants her to take it easy because she had a seizure recently, and her mom reminds Caitlin to take her medication three times a day and to wear her medic alert bracelet. But Caitlin says that it that it embarrasses her, but she agrees and puts it on anyway. She gets out of the car, and as after her mom drives away, Caitlin takes off the medic alert bracelet and puts it in her pocket. Caitlin goes to the bathroom, the girls' washroom, uh, A.K.A. Stephanie's office, and she, she starts to take her pills. But that's when Kathleen walks in, and Caitlin then hides the pills from Kathleen. And Caitlin tells Kathleen that she's trying out for the lead in the school play, and Kathleen tells her that she's trying out for the same role. So, a little competition between the two. We go to the hallway. Joey tells Snake that a guy wants to hear their uh, demo, but Snake isn't buying it because the guy drives a delivery truck. (laughs) (sighs) That's when Joey sees Michelle in the hall. And this, this is the episode where we first get really introduced to the Michelle character, who goes on throughout the series. Well, from now until Degrassi High to have several prominent roles and stories uh, throughout the yeah, this awesomeness we know as the Degrassi universe. Joey sneaks up behind Michelle and scares her. And this is uh they are this is her yeah, this is her first appearance as a main character. Alexa tells. Uh, Michelle to stand up for herself, but Michelle says that she's just too shy, and she can't even order a hamburger without turning red. Susie is excited to see that Caitlin is back at school, and she that she can go to to a Susie sleepover. Melanie wants to invite boys over, <laughs> and Kathleen says, "You're such a sex starved maniac. Do you want to end up like Spike?" <laughs> God. Melanie then says, "Kathleen, you're such a prude." <laughs> Oh, no, no, I love them together. They're so awesome. Susie tried to stop. Susie then tries to talk to Caitlin, but Caitlin is just staring off into the multiverse. And then when she finally comes to, she had no idea that she was just gazing off into the distance. And Susie, Susie suggests that Caitlin was thinking about Rick. We we'll go to Radish's class, and there's a kid named Wiley. <laughs> and he's awkwardly giving a speech. <laughs> and he ends it with... Okay, try to, <laughs> okay. Wiley ends his speech in front of the class with. And um, anyways, that's why I like watching TV. Because you learn a lot about life and it's fun. That's all. <laughs> oh my God. I remember back in the day uh, Elementary and in junior high We had to do It was We called it speech arts So at one point during the school year Every student had to go up in front of the class And deliver like a th- Three, four minute speech about whatever Yeah, we had to do that shit too And uh, uh, There was one time when I just I be- I'd never wrote anything out But Anybody who listens to this who knew me who went to the same school as me might remember this There was one uh, Year he was in the seventh grade. I think Where I decided to do a speech on how girls I, I called it girls and their soap operas And I never wrote anything I just ad-libbed it and then it was when it was my turn to give the speech I Just failed miserably <laughs> cuz I didn't know what the hell I was friggin gonna say I was as I said I was just making it up as I went along <laughs> oh man! Michelle, Michelle is told that she has to give her speech on Tuesday, and Joey continues to make fun of her by making squeaking noises. And Michelle says that she's got to get out of that speech, and Alexa tells her that it's only three minutes of her life. And Michelle says that that's three minutes too long. We go to the hallway, and Maya, who those who are familiar with the DeGrassi universe will remember, Maya is the girl who's in a wheelchair. She becomes she gets becomes more of a main character, particularly in Degrassi High. But we see her in the hallway, and she warns everybody to watch out as and she as she almost runs over Dwayne's feet, <laughs> sitting in the hall reading a book. <laughs> oh Maya. Caitlin attempts to take her pills at a water fountain which is which is very low near the ground. I mean it's it's at it's, it's this this water fountain is Practically at Caitlyn's knees making me think that the school that they're shooting us in Is it like an elementary school or something, but there's lockers I've never heard of an elementary school having lockers, but maybe that's just because of the schools I went to but seriously this water fountain was so low to the ground. I may as well have been a water fountain for dogs crazy Caitlyn's uh, about to take her pills at the water fountain when Susie stumbles upon her and Caitlyn quickly hides her pills thus not taking them Susie asks Caitlyn if she if uh, she wants to do a seance at the sleepover. Caitlyn agrees and says sure why not And auditions for the play are in the gym Kathleen and Melanie are there preparing Kathleen is doing breathing exercises while Melanie is doing like face Muscle exercises just doing weird things with her mouth and stuff while also rolling her shoulders <laughs> She's so awesome <laughs> Oh my god Meanwhile Rick is putting up a spotlight and he says hi to Caitlin. Scooter sees this and he says that that's why Rick is helping with the play and Rick tells them tells the little narbo to get lost He called him a narbo <laughs> Oh, The little words that they had in this show broomhead narbo. Love it Caitlin is the first to audition Meanwhile Melant Michelle is trying to figure out a way to get out of her speech and Alexa suggests saying that she has a contagious disease or a death in the family, or says that she's having cr- bad cramps because she's on her period. <laughs> God! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Man. And after Caitlyn's audition, Susie catches her in a daze again, looking off into the space. And when she finally comes to, Caitlyn had no idea that she was doing that, and Susie thinks that Caitlyn might still be sick. Caitlyn insists that she's just fine, and that's when Kathleen starts her audition. At home, Caitlin overhears her parents talking about her epi- epilepsy and that it might not be a good idea for her to go to this sleepover. Caitlin grabs her bag for the sleepover, and she just leaves her pills there on the table. We go to Susie's house, where Susie, Caitlin, Kathleen, and Melanie, and Gioti are having a sleepover, and they're doing the seance. And they're trying to talk to Chester. And yeah, those seances, those Ouija boards. <laughs> there is one night, as I veer off, we'll get back to it, one night, at my, when my sister lived in Toronto and I visited one time, <laughs> uh, they pulled out the Ouija board and I had this idea to uh, mess with everybody. <laughs> so, what I did, you see, there was this plastic yellow cup that my sister had that I always drank orange juice out of. And the idea I had, you see, I knew ahead of time that they wanted to do the Ouija board during that one visit. So, I came up with the idea. To uh, Mess with everybody so what I did is I went out and I bought fishing line, which is thin and clear and Then at my sister's house as we're getting ready for the for the for the Ouija board game. I Took a, a long strand of the fishing line with one end on both ends. I tied like a like a loop and uh, The one end of the one end looped I put around the yellow cup and then the other end around my ankle <laughs> And then the lights went out and Then people were doing the Ouija board and the thing was moving all over the place because somebody was moving it Come on, man. People move that shit. I don't care what anybody says and then finally at one point I take my other foot and I make I like Under this was under a table. Okay. We're at a kitchen table And I take my other foot the one that doesn't have the fishing line tied to it and I use it to pull the fishing line which ended up making the yellow cup move and slide across the table <laughs> and it freaked everybody out <laughs> to the point where that night I'm in bed and I'm I overhear my sister and her roommate at the time in the next room talking about it and freaking out <laughs> and I never told them about it Maybe I told my sister about it years later, but if not, you're hearing about it now. I did that shit. It was me. <laughs> yeah, that was me, man. It was, that, was, uh, that was glorious. <laughs> uh, they thought there was a ghost, man. You see a friggin' cup. and There was no hands on it. All of a sudden, this cup starts sliding across the table. Yeah, that was me. All it took was a cup and a uh, fishing line. Simple. Anyway, Kathleen tells Chester angrily to get down here right now. <laughs> and the girls laugh at her. And when they finally turn the lights on, Caitlin is all dizzy and she's seeing double everywhere. And all of a sudden she has a seizures. And at first the girls think that she's joking, but then Susie realizes that she's having a seizure. And she takes action by calling on her mom. While the rest of the girls sit there not knowing what to do. They suggest uh, putting something in Caitlyn's mouth, but Susie says no. Basically just to let Caitlin just do her thing and she's it's a it's quite the scene. I remember seeing this back in the day. It was very awkward, very well, that's what this show did. Not that you know, not that they shouldn't talk about this, but wow, that was something, man. Caitlin's seizure was uh, something. And as I said, I'm pretty sure the actual actress, Stacy Mistison, does have epilepsy, so she uh, knows. Uh, at least in her case, anyway. I personally have never seen anybody have a seizure, so if that's what it looks like, wow, that's uh, something. Caitlin returns to school, and her mom reminds her how important it is for that she take her medic her medicine. Meanwhile Rick overhears Kathleen telling people about Caitlin's seizure and that it was really gross And one of the girls that Kathleen is telling this to is Nancy And this was Nancy's first real line in this series, and she didn't get much more throughout her entire run uh, In this and the grassy high, but she was more of a background character appearing here and there Nancy those of you who remember Nancy Kaylin confides in Susie that she's worried she'll have more seizures when she goes swimming and on dates, and more. And then we find out that the, the cast list for the play is put up, and Kathleen got the lead of Isabel. Melanie also got a part, and she says, I'm a wench! <laughs> like, she's like happily, I'm a wench! <laughs> she's so awesome! And that's when Caitlin learns that she's gonna be playing the role of Elizabeth, Isabel's servant. We cut and we go before before Radish's class. Michelle goes up to Mr. Radish and she fakes, having lost her voice, and says that she can't give a speech because of it. Radish tells her that she better go find it before you know it's time to give her speech. And then tells her that, come on, that's the oldest trick in the book, and tells her just to talk about something that she knows. Caitlin is convinced that she. That she, meanwhile, sorry. Meanwhile, Caitlin is convinced that she didn't get the part of uh, Isabel b- because uh, she has epilepsy. Susie tells Caitlin that Kathleen's audition was really good and she won fair and square. Caitlin's still discouraged and goes home instead of attending the first rehearsal. Meanwhile, the cast is, is replac- cast is practicing the play, and when Caitlin is supposed to speak, she's nowhere to be found. Rick tells Susie that Caitlin went home and Ms. Avery looking sexy as hell. Oh, Ms. Avery was so fine. Damn. Yeah, he told her too. <laughs> but damn, Ms. Avery. Oh. At home, Caitlyn tells her parents that the play is stupid and says that she doesn't want to be Kathleen's servant. Her mom doesn't like her decision, but her dad's fine with it. The next day at school, Caitlyn tells Susie that she's dropping out of the play because it's too dangerous being on stage. Because what if she has another seizure? Susie gets angry and tells Caitlin that the real reason she's dropping out of the play is because C- Kathleen beat her for the lead. And then it's finally time for Michelle to give her speech. And her speech is about shyness. And she starts all nervous, but then she starts making jokes about her shyness and everything goes well. Everybody applauds. And then that's when uh, Mr. Radish informs Joey that next time, next day it's his turn. Joey goes up to Michelle and asks her to write his speech for him, and he offers her $10 and a Zip Remedy demo tape, <laughs> and she says no. <laughs> we go to Caitlin taking her pills in the bathroom. Kathleen heard about Caitlin dropping out. You know, back in the gym, Kathleen heard about Caitlin dropping out of the play because of her epilepsy, and she says that it's so sad. Rick overhears this, and he replies with, Kathleen, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> exactly, man. Seriously, man, Kathleen needs Melanie to keep tabs on her crying out loud. I can hear my cat snoring beside me uh, Just then we see Caitlyn. She's in costume and people are excited to see her Caitlin said that she'll be the best servant Kathleen's ever had and That's when a light shines on Caitlyn from behind She looks up and she sees that Rick plugged it in and he says welcome back And that's when we get the credits another great episode Caitlin Stacy Missison. Great job, you know, at the risk of sounding like an ass. Great job with the seizure. I, I believed it. Very awkward, but still, you know, nothing wrong with talking about these things. And Melanie is a wench, and she's proud of it. Good for her. <laughs> oh, she's great. Oh, now on to to episode six of season two, Degrassi Jr. High. This one is called Fight! Exclamation point date February 8th, 1988. We see Joey riding his skateboard to, to school. And that's when Dwayne pushes him over and knocks him to the ground and rips his shirt. Joey starts yelling at Dwayne and he calls him a big dumb jerk. But when Dwayne and his two little henchmen look on and looks like they're about to beat Joey up, Joey backs down. And that's when we get the intro. And I just want to say that Dwayne's little henchmen, especially the small one, the short one, come on, dude. They couldn't find a better friggin' more... Not even a more intimidating kid. They couldn't find an intimidating kid. Bloody hell, that one looks like an idiot. The small one. Anyway, the intro. Oh, God. And after the intro, we're in the hallway, and Scooter has having trouble getting into his locker. Dwayne shows up, and he helps him out. Scooter thanks Dwayne, and he offers him a cheesy. (laughs) He says, would you like a cheesy? Dwayne says, sure, and he takes a cheesy. (laughs) Scooter introduces himself as Scott, but says that everyone calls him Scooter. Dwayne introduces himself and says everyone calls him Dwayne. And they become basically quick little buddies. <laughs> we go to the stairwell. And Yick is practicing karate moves with Arthur. And that's when the school janitor shows up. And Yick accidentally kicks the janitor's jug cleaner as she walks by. <laughs> oh, I love these dynamic duos, man. Yick, Arthur, Melanie, Kathleen. Uh, well, the Zit Remedies aren't exactly a duo. They're a trio, but they're awesome Spike and Liz. And uh, as we were introduced last episode... Alexa and Michelle and there's more du- duos to come man dang in the hallway Stephanie has concocted another plan to get Simon by rigging one of her high heels to break So he'll come to her, a- her aid because she says men can't resist a, dam- a damsel in distress, right? <laughs> the twins suggest that she give up on Simon already because he's going out with Alexa But Stephanie's a- is in denial and she only wants Simon They tell Stephanie that she's trying too hard, and Stephanie says that there's no such thing as trying too hard. Later on in the boys' bathroom, washroom, Wheels and Snake give Joey the news that Wheels is doing better in math, and that if he continues to do so, he can play with the zit remedy again. And that's when they notice Joey's ripped shirt. Joey tells Snake and Wheels that he's not afraid of Dwayne, and that he's just a big dummy, and he isn't strong at all. And he says that he's not afraid of that dozer. <laughs> oh, another new word. So there's there's Broomhead, Narbo, and Dozer. Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But while talking badly about Dwayne, what they don't know is that sitting in one of the shitters hearing all this is the one and only Dwayne. Joey and the zits leave. Dwayne leaves the shitter. And he's not in a good mood. We go to class and Joey tries to get Liz's attention. She looks back at him. He smiles at her but she does nothing. After class Joey goes up to Liz and apologizes again for implying that she wanted to have sex and he unveils a flower via a magic trick and Liz smiles and walks away. Joey's happy to see her smile and he thinks that that means they're friends again but Liz says no. Dwayne confronts Joey in the stairwell afterwards letting him know that he heard what Joey said in the bathroom. Dwayne tells him that they need to have a little talk, and that's when Joey says, Hi, Mr. Radich, which makes Dwayne flinch, and Joey quickly takes off. And Dwayne yells out that he's going to get him. He's going to get you, Jeremiah. Yeah. After class, Stephanie sees Simon and Alexa talking to each other. Steph doesn't know what Simon sees in Alexa, because Alexa is so ordinary. And that's when the twins remark to each other that they think Alexa's pretty cute. We go to Scooter, and he's at his locker, and he he finds that somebody has taken his bag of cheesies and put them on top of his locker, and he's just too short to reach them, even when he jumps. That's when Dwayne shows up, and Scooter tells him that somebody threw his lunch (laughs) on top of the locker. His lunch, a bag of (laughs) cheesies. They threw his lunch on top of the locker, and that people always pick on him because he's little. Dwayne helps Scooter by lifting him up so that he can reach the bag of cheesies. cheesies. (laughs) Scooter thinks that this is awesome and he asks Dwayne to do it again and again, and Dwayne does, and he twirls him around while Scooter's on his shoulders, and then Scooter offers Dwayne a cheesy. (laughs) And Dwayne accepts the cheesy. (laughs) Joey and Wheels see Dwayne lifting friggin' little Scooter all up all over the place. Wheels and Snake remind Joey that he says Wayne wa- Dwayne wasn't strong. Yeah, really? Dwayne's not strong, right? We go to Stephanie, who's ready to put her damsel in distress plan into action when Arthur shows up to demonstrate the fighting moves that he learned from Yick. And when Simon shows up, Stephanie pr- pr- pretends to fall, and, Ar- and Arthur immediately jumps in. <laughs> Simon sees that all everything is taken care of, that uh, Stephanie's in good hands, and he leaves. <laughs> Stephanie gets up, gives Arthur a nasty look, and she storms off. Arthur says, "Better already?" <laughs> oh man. We cut to outside. Dwayne is waiting outside for Joey. Snake sees this, and he runs back and he warns Joey that Dwayne's waiting on him. So Joey decides that they're going to they're just going to sneak out the back. But Dwayne's friends are there, including the little non-intimidating one. Neither of them are intimidating, but at least the other one is big. The other, one, the non-intimidating one? Come on, man. Ugh. Not intimidating at all, his little freaking pink sweater vest. Anyway, they tell, they tell Joey that Dwayne wants to fight him tomorrow after school in the park. Meanwhile, Arthur catches up with Stephanie, who's walking home, and Arthur tells her that their dad wants custody of both of them. And this pisses Stephanie off, and she just hates that her parents always have to fight. That night at home, Joey's having some bad dreams and worrying about what Dwayne's going to do to him in the fight. And in the dream, Dwayne threatens to remodel Joey's face. The next day in class, Joey falls asleep as Mr. Raditch is giving a lesson on punctuation, like commas, apostrophes, periods, yeah. Raditch catches Joey sleeping. And after class, Snake asks Wheels what's going to happen if Dwayne really starts pounding on Joey. Wheels says that if Dwayne gets on top and really goes to town, that's when they jump in. Back in class, Joey approaches Mr. Radish and asks for extra help, because he doesn't understand all this punctuation grammar stuff. Mr. Radish accepts and he's glad to see that Joey has finally taken an interest in his studies, and he agrees to meet with him after school. Meanwhile, Stephanie corners Simon at his locker after class and tells him that she needs help with the music for the school dance. And Simon agrees to help her. Stephanie suggests that they get together after school. But Simon says that, well, that's, that's when he's going to go see the fight. (laughs) Everybody knows about this fight. And, but Simon uh, invites Steph and suggests that maybe they can, you know, go to the fight together and they can talk about the dance on the way. Stephanie agrees and she's all excited. She goes and tells the twins about it. Stephanie thinks that this means that Simon's really come has finally come around. Meanwhile, in the stairwell, Yick and Arthur see Joey, and Yick offers Joey lessons in karate, <laughs> but Joey just blows it off. Meanwhile, everybody in school is convinced that Joey's going to get his ass handed to him. And after history class, Joey tells Zit Remedy that Mr. Radich is making him stay after class. Wheels tells Joey that they won't let Dwayne hurt him too bad. but Joey insists that Radich made him stay after school. But they think that Joey asks Radich if he can stay because he's scared. Scooter then runs into Dwayne in the hall and asks Dwayne if he's really going to fight Joey because he's way smaller than Dwayne. And it isn't fair and beating him up won't prove anything. But Dwayne d- insists that he's going to fight him because Joey insulted Dwayne and his friends in 8D. So deal with it, son. Joey arrives at Mr. Radish's classroom door, and he's about to open it and walk in when he overhears Shane and BLT betting that Joey will not show up for the fight because he's a chicken. Joey puts his hand on the doorknob and pauses. After school, Stephanie meets Simon outside, but she's upset when he tells her that they have to wait for Alexa because she's coming too. (laughs) Stephanie asks Simon why he doesn't like her, and she asks him, why can't we go out and Simon replies where (laughs) what a dumbass (laughs) Stephanie says on a date (laughs) but Simon tells her that she's going that he's going out with Alexa that's when Alexa arrives and she says that she hates fights but she's really excited about talking about the dance Stephanie tells him that she forgot something and that they should just go on without her we cut to the park where everybody, where all the kids are and they're waiting on the fight. And also there is a classic bicycle ice cream salesperson, For those who remember. I don't know if they still have those. I think they do. I think they do still have them. The the uh, they have the big freezer at the front and you know the pedals and the wheels, that kind of shit. You know that thing. One of those people were there. And everybody's waiting for Joey and they're sure that he's not going to show up. I mean, who's all there? Shane and BLT are there. Are there uh Wheels and Snake are obviously there. Dwayne and his friends are obviously there. Liz and Spike are there. Uh, Simon and Lexa show up. and uh, Everybody's convinced Joey won't show up, but he finally does and the fight is on. Wheels tells Joey, You're smarter than he is. Oat-smart him. <laughs> Oat-smart him, <laughs> you friggin Canadian. <laughs> so the fight starts and Joey uses his speed to dodge a few shots. Dwayne tries to go for a kick, Joey grabs his leg and tosses him to the ground, which pisses Dwayne off. Dwayne gets up, he starts to charge at Joey, who is then pushed forward by Dwayne's little friends, and Dwayne knocks Joey's ass down. Dwayne gets the upper hands, starts laying in a few shots at Joey, gets him in a chokehold from behind, Joey lands a few elbows from behind, Dwayne eventually slams Joey to the ground, gets on top of him, Gives him a hard punch to the face, and that's when Wheels and Snake intervene, pulled away and off of Joey, and the fight is over. (sighs) At least Joey got some shots in, at least he showed up. And at home, Joey's mom cleans his face, (laughs) and she tends to his cuts and bruises. She wants to call the school and have something done, but Joey tells her not to. And he doesn't want her to call the school, because come on, man, that, that goes against the code. And he also admits that it was pretty much his fault that the fight happened because he did, after all, call uh, Dwayne a dozer while Dwayne was sitting in the shitter hearing it all. We go, We cut back to school the next day or probably the next Monday. Stephanie is visibly upset about Simon and tells the twins that nothing happened and that her whole life is falling apart. Yep, things are going to get uh, pretty gloomy and doomy from for Stephanie. Uh... Uh, for here on out yeah meanwhile people seem to be impressed by Joey I mean he didn't win the fight but he, he did show up and he fought and uh, the zits tell Joey that he looks better with the bumps and bruises Dwayne says hi to Scooter outside Scooter calls him a bully and then Scooter goes up to Joey and he offers him a cheesy <laughs> and Joey accepts the cheesy <laughs> right in front of Dwayne who didn't get a cheesy this time <laughs> and that's when we get the credits <laughs> oh and that was <laughs> that <laughs> oh cheesies <laughs> that was episode 6 of Degrassi Junior High <laughs> another great episode classic episode and as we as, as we saw Stephanie things are starting to look bleak for her she's going to have a very uh, very down period of time in the next little while but anyway that was the end of that episode coming up on the next episode of degrassi buddy we will be looking at episode seven eight nine which are bottled up sealed with a kiss and dog days yeah dog days things are uh yeah Stephanie's going to be going through some troubled times but this has been degrassi buddy episode six serial grape com. i am nary on twitter i am nary on instagram I'm also Nerby, and I'm also a wench, just like Melanie. <laughs> but anyway, stay tuned for more episodes of Grassy Buddy as well. Go to go to com for recipes with videos for podcasts, movie buddies, and more. Maybe you'll even see some, um, I don't know, some cheesies. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see you then. Have a lovely day.